0: Hello and welcome to Caught My Ear where two music obsessed mates. Grab a mic and have a chat
1: about what music they've been listening to. My name is Maddie. My name is Vivian. And you're listening to episode 71. So first of all, as we do every week, we'll go straight into our news segment. Vivian, what have you got for our first story? So our first story today is
0: coming from Music Feeds, and it's about Miss Taylor Swift. So written by Jackson Langford, it says Taylor Swift premieres re-recording of Love Story in new Ryan Reynolds commercial. Taylor Swift has been busy reworking on her recording her old material after she lost the rights to her own masters, and now she's premiered one of her biggest hits in a new commercial. The ad starring her bestie Ryan Reynolds is for dating site Match. The song is largely similar to Swift's original, with the exception of a far more mature sound, which will happen if you re-record a song 12 years after it originally came out. Naturally, fans are already scouting for any sort of Easter eggs that Swift may have wanted to leave in the ad. Particular attention has been paid to a trashed scooter next to a number 6 graffitied on a wall. Swift's battle for her masters has been long and gruelling ever since her old label head Scott Borchetta, sold them to Scooter Braun. She lost the rights to her masters of every album she has released up until 2019's Lover. As a way to try and re-own them, she is undertaking the grueling task of re-recording every song she had released up until then. So you can watch the commercial in that article which will be linked in the description. But I just thought this was really cool. It was such a random thing that popped up on Twitter and because obviously we've been following the story for a while now with Taylor Swift and her re-recordings, I thought that like When I listen to it, obviously it's the same song, but she sounds so much older, obviously, it's been 12 years, but it's so funny to me because in the original she had such that, like, country twang that she doesn't really have anymore, which I think is really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's really cool to see, like, as someone who isn't, like, a Tay-Tay fan, Stan, I guess, since, you know, when she first began. Yeah. it's so interesting to see the like, how she's changed from then and now and hearing the different, like, the songs, the different mm. recordings, like, side by side and how her voice has matured and stuff over the years, which is really cool. Like yeah. It's going to be good to hear everything, like, you know, with her new, more mature sound, I guess.
0: Yeah, and I'm, obviously, it's going to take a while to record every single song from her I last know, Pretty <laughs> had <That's> a pretty <laughs>
1: arduous task. Yeah,
0: but I'm actually really interested to hear, like, if she sort of, re-records them in the in their original way or she sort of adds some new things here and there but yeah so that is our first story for today maddie what is our second story
1: okay i've got another article here from music feeds written by jackson langford and it says skeggs Spiderbait, and more to headline first ever inverted festival skeggs Spiderbait, the chats and more have all been announced as part of the inaugural lineup of inverted festival a brand new gold coast music festival Poised to be one of the first music festivals where punters will be allowed to stand following the coronavirus pandemic. Other acts playing the new event include Trophy Eyes, Stand Atlantic, Wax and Fangs. Taking place at the Gold Coast's Metricon Stadium in early May next year. The event is unique to most Australian music festivals and that it'll also largely feature a slew of action sports (laughs) with dangerous tricks and competitions in street skate, BMX Park, BMX Air, and freestyle motocross. <laughs> Over 20 of Australia's biggest action sport athletes will be taking to the event to showcase their skill. Quote, We're pumped to get back on stage and perform in front of a crowd once again, Skeggs frontman Ben Reed said in a press statement. Inverted Festival seems like it will be the first of its kind in Australia, and we're stoked to be on the lineup next to our best homegrown Aussie talent. So you can check out um the full lineup in that article and all of the dates and everything um when the tickets go on sale. But yeah, a motocross <laughs> music festival. <laughs> what is going on with the world? It's so weird like
0: How's that going to work? Like you're just watching and then you look to your left and there's people on BMX. There's someone just <laughs>
1: like shooting up a dirt track, like doing flips and stuff on a motorbike. <laughs>
0: like, I mean, it's an interesting concept on paper. I mean, I don't know if yeah. anything like this it's it just sounds so out there that I just yeah. don't know how it's going to work
1: logistically. But it sounds it sounds interesting. I can't I'm th- I'm thinking like You know, how we've had a lot of struggles with the arts recently and concert capacities and things like that. And people are like, how have they allowed huge sporting events to go, such as the State of Origin and rugby finals and things like that, Mm -hmm. but not big concerts and stuff. Um, and I think this is, I don't know if this is a fun way to try and get around (laughs) the fact that, like, people are letting sports go ahead, so we'll just put some, a couple of concert, you know, concert pieces in there, and it's all just one big happy family. It's all, it's all together, (laughs) yeah. So we can get, like, a million people to this thing, but, yeah, I don't know.
0: That's we'll definitely, see. definitely an interesting. Idea. It's the first
1: thing I thought of when it was like, yeah, there's going to be motocross and BMX at this, <laughs> at this like music festival, and also it's a music festival in one stadium. That, That's like, what how. I mean. What does that? Is it just going to be like? How's it gonna a lot work? of like you know just different sets on just like one stage. Yeah. And then there's going to be. Like BMX. I, just, just I don't know. In the
0: background. Like Again, I just,
1: this is like throwback to when we were talking about logistics yes. of that like Milton <laughs> beer festival thing that was like months and months and months ago. So long ago now. We were talking about the logistics of how that was going to happen. This is
0: part two. <laughs> it just shows even more how passionate we are about safety.
1: Safety and like <laughs> oh <O-H-N-S>. Yeah. <laughs> Oh um, so we'll move on, Inverted Festival You can read more <laughs> about it in the um, link down in the description But
0: Vivian, what's our third story for today? So our, th- our third story is also coming from Music Feeds Also written by Jackson Langford, the-, the OG shout
1: <laughs> <laughs> i loving your work, mate
0: So it says Spotify has revealed the details of Australia's 2020 listening habits And Tones and I cannot be stopped In case you haven't seen it All over your newsfeed and timeline, Spotify has returned with its highly anticipated 2020 wrapped series, which showcases users' listening habits throughout the year. As well as individual users, the streaming giant has unveiled details around Australia's listening preferences, and turns out we really bloody love the late and great Juice world. The righteous rapper, whose last live performances were in Australia before he passed away late last year, was the most streamed artist in the country this year. In addition, much like the rest of the world, we gave The Weeknd's Blinding Lights an absolute hammering this year, as it was Australia's most streamed song. Locally, we're a sucker tradition as our most streamed Australian song and most streamed Australian artist are exactly the same as last year. Tones and Eyes, Dance Monkey reigns supreme to no one's surprise, and Hilltop Hoods cling to most streamed Australian artists by Australian listeners. Dance Monkey also has the honour of being the most streamed song by a female artist globally in 2020 earning the second most streams total following Blinding Lights. So Spotify Wrapped always comes out at this time of year and it's all over your Instagram stories. And honestly, I love seeing them. Yeah,
1: I absolutely lap it up. Everyone's like, oh my God, no one cares about your Spotify Wrapped. And I'm like, no, I want to see it. I love I it. I love getting to see like what people are listening to. And like how I always like looking at the minutes that people listen yes. for and see how much they actually listen to music. Because yeah. people are like, yeah, I like do, like, you know, here's my Spotify route for the year, and it's like they've listened to like 10,000. Yeah. And I'm like, um,. Do you re- can you really class yourself as someone who listens to music a lot? Exactly. And I think these stats
0: are really interesting. I find it fascinating that Tones and I because obviously that song Dance Monkey was huge last year. Yeah, just, and not
1: just in Australia too. Like everyone in America was streaming the hell out of that as well. Which exactly. is
0: insane. And the fact that it got the most streamed um, Australian female, yeah. Yeah, female song. Like that's insane. Like for 2020. Like I, I it's kind of interesting how that how it's, like, had that longevity.
1: Yeah. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that we've been... St- I feel like we've been stuck in, like, the same day over... and yeah. Like, Groundhog Day since Corona. Honestly, that's probably what it is. It was is. just listening to the same thing that we were, like, ten months ago. Because yeah. we don't know how to change.
0: I mean, that, like, with my Spotify Wrapped, obviously my top artist was Horsey. Same. Four out of my five songs, top stream songs, were Horsey Are songs. Are you joking? <laughs> so, oh, clearly... Planes. I'm stuck in January because that's yeah, when Manic came romantic, out. Love that.
1: <laughs> actually, my my Spotify rap. Well, let's let's talk about our Spotify rap. Actually, yes, right? yes. So my again, my top artist was Halsey, and another couple that were up there were Kelani and love Gabrielle Aplin, who of we course. all know that I absolutely love. Um, again, January because like her al- like her album came out <laughs> earlier this year, which is hilarious. Love it. Um, but it did tell me that I listened to Halsey's Killing Boys. For 611 minutes. So, I don't know how many times that equates to. I love that, though. definitely more than 200. <laughs> so. That's awesome, um, though. Obviously, that song is my guilty pleasure. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, my, it's funny, because my number one song wasn't from Manic. It was Experiment on Me, which was her, oh. like, um, riding collab with Bring Me the Horizon yeah. and from the Birds of Prey soundtrack, and... I mean, clearly, it's like a bridge between my two, my two loves, Halsey yeah. and like,
1: I guess, heavy music. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect marriage, yes. I think, of the two sides of you. Exactly. But yeah, it's interesting to see. And like, the, I listened to, apparently I discovered like 500 new artists Yeah, me too. or something and listened to like 500 different genres, which first of all, I didn't know there were that many different genres I that I could break stuff down into, which is crazy to me. But yeah, it's just so, I love seeing all of the stats and like what people are listening to. because you It's so tell, interesting. Because like music is such like an integral part of, I think, like people's self-expression and like what, you know, it's, it's like a window into their soul and mm. you can see, you know, what things they've been like listening to forever and ever and ever. And I just think that's so interesting. So please keep posting your Spotify rap because I love yes. seeing it. And don't <laughs> judge what you're people. Into. No. Let everyone... Like, leave everyone alone. Yeah. Honestly. Let everyone understand. live their lives. Yeah. You do you, boo, <laughs> Honestly.
0: But anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of our news segment for this week's episode. But before we go into our song section... We encourage you guys to pause the podcast, go down to the description and click either the Spotify or YouTube playlist to listen to the songs that we're about to talk about. So in saying that, we will start
1: with Song of the Week. Maddie, kick us off. Alrighty, so my Song of the Week this week is called Trust Issues by Liv Dawson, um, who is a UK singer. Um, she's really young. She's beautiful. I love her voice. Um, when I first, I first discovered her liking years ago like when i first ever got spotify Mm. she was like one of the first artists that you know like came up on like a recommended thing or whatever and um i was listening to her song reflections i think it is which is amazing and then later on like she brought out this bedroom ep um and her song bedroom on that is really really good too but this is her latest single and it's just really really fun I love the percussion throughout the whole thing. It's mm. so cool. There's so many different, like, polyrhythms going on. And it's, like, insane. And then there's, like, some really, really cool synth moments in there, which is awesome. And it's just this really sort of, like, upbeat, fun song about stuff that isn't really <laughs> fun <laughs> yeah. at all. Because it's literally about having trust issues. And she's like, I don't know where I got them. I guess that's why you call them trust issues. That's, like, the main clip of the song. Mm. And it's just kind of, yeah, it's like this really lighthearted, like, youthful, yeah, fun sort of thing.
0: Youthful is definitely the word I would use, but not in, like, a cheesy way. Like, it's this really cohesive song that I thought was really cool. There's some interesting samples in there. Like, it does a few, like, fake outs where you think it has that sort of typical... You think it's going to have that typical sort of, like, pop drop thing sort of thing but it doesn't which i think is really cool and yeah like the production in it is is really great yeah
1: i think too like i really like the way that there is some in the chorus especially there's a lot of sort of like run-on sentences yeah where like the first like i guess the next sort of line will start and then it like it's really hard to explain like you have to listen to it but like so one line one sentence will end and then she'll start the next one but, like, the musical sort of, like, rhythm won't finish until, mm-hmm. like, halfway through. And it's it's really cool. It's, like, it's sort of, it's, like, run-on effect. And, like, it sort of makes you listen to the song a little bit more. Yes. And I really like that. I really like the run-on sentence thing. Um, even though I don't like it when I'm writing. <laughs> um. <laughs> As a writer. As a writer. Anyone <sighs> who knows what a run-on sentence is, you, you like, break your bones, like, knowing. Anyway. That's another tangent. But um, anyway, listen to this song. It's really good. Really fun. Um, Trust Issues by Liv Dawson.
0: Vivian, what's your song of the week? So my song of the week this week is Black Lungs by Architects. I have I've spoke about them a few weeks ago um, with their song Animals. And this is their latest single coming from their next album, which is coming out in February. So it's not far now. Um, and it's just, yeah, like it's obviously very true to Architect's style but what's I sort of like realised with this song and their last song Animals is there's sort of like an ongoing theme at least with these singles so I'm kind of interested to see if the album plays out that way but it's this theme of you know sort of taking action right now with what's happening in the world especially with climate change and you know the song it sort of talks about how it starts on a personal level where you need to start doing things for yourself before you can sort of start thinking about how the world can change on this large scale, which I think is really cool because Mm. it's obviously a really current message and I really do enjoy when artists, you know, take things like that so seriously. Yeah. And in terms of the style, like I said, it's true architect style. It's definitely... It's perhaps more heavier than their last single. Um, There's a lot more screams. The breakdowns are a little bit more intense. Um, But it's actually got this... I want to say it's got a pretty poppy chorus in terms of the chord progression and how easy it is to sing along to, which I think kind of works with what the song is trying to be. Like It's sort of spreading this important message. And if it was this sort of really intense screaming match kind of a chorus i feel like it could get lost a little bit so yeah i really really dig it i'm really really keen for the album
1: yeah i definitely agree with you on the whole poppy chorus mm. type thing because i sort of like found myself kind of like subtly singing along to it as well which is mm. something i don't normally do with this type of stuff um but yeah i quite i quite enjoyed it obviously it's not like a genre that i listen to yes as we've as we heard about a million, million, million times. <laughs> Um, but I can definitely appreciate, um, I really, like, really like the message that they're trying to get across, and, um, I really, really like the chorus, it's really cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's an overall good song, I think.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I feel like, I'm interested to see, like, if it sort of continues down this route, because it's still not as heavy as Architects have been known to be, so I'm interested to see if the rest of the album plays out that way, but, yeah, That is my song of the week this week, Black Lungs by Architects. Now we will go into Under a Rock and I'll kick us off. So my song for this week is Eugene by Arlo Parks. So I've actually heard her name floating around for a bit now um, on Instagram, Twitter, but I properly sort of got into her when I heard this song. It was, it came out at the beginning of this year, but I came across it because I heard um, Billie Eilish talking about her in a recent video that she that was on YouTube or something. And I was like, oh, okay, like, I should check out this artist. Like, I've heard her name before, I may as well get into her. And this song, Eugene, it's so interesting. So when I read a bit about Ilo Parks, it was saying that in her bio, in her Spotify bio, it says that she's a 20-year-old poet slash singer. So she's really into poetry. And I think that definitely comes through on this song. It's It honestly feels like this song is like a... Like, reading a diary entry, if that makes sense. That's such a good way to put it. Because it's so personal and vulnerable. And, you know, she's sort of singing about, you know, the blurred line between a friendship and a relationship and whether, like, two people can cross that line or if both those people feel the same way or if it's, like, unrequited love type of thing. And it's so interesting. The way she words things, the way she puts things together, I think it's so cool like her songwriting ability obviously because she's into poetry and she's a poet like is off the charts yeah um but in terms of the like instrumentation and all that it's a very sort of chill slow burn kind of song it's very reliant on like bass lines there's not a lot of it's it's sort of repetitive in the sense that there's a lot of repetitive themes, there's not a lot that builds or whatever, but I think that kind of works with what this song is, like, it's more about the lyrics, it's more about the story.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think, like, as you sort of, because it is so, like, heavily story and, like, lyric based, mm. it, it doesn't need, like, any bells and whistles or exactly. any, like, big build-ups or any, you know, like, ridiculous instrument layering or anything like that it just like it sits on its own as it is Mm -hmm. and i think it shines in that way and her lyricism and you know like her whole songwriting ability is like insane and i think it really really um everything just sits really nice Mm -hmm. and i it always interests me when i've always wondered when artists like when you bring when you introduce names Mm -hmm. into songs if they're real or not I've always I've I'm sure it's a bit of both but I've always been curious to know whether they're actual real names or not
0: yeah well you know like I wonder because this song feels so personal you know she's talking about this this girl that she was a friend that she's been friends with for so long but you know this girl was like crying over this boy called Eugene and it's just like this interesting sort of like you know, whether it's true or not, like, obviously yeah. we don't know, but it feels so personal that it could be, you know? I think,
1: I think the whole name thing, it brings that personal touch in it, and it, like, it sort of draws you into the story more. Mm. And I think that's, like, rather than, you know, just saying, like, this person or exactly. that boy or yeah. whatever, I think the name thing just sort of, like, gives it another level of yeah personality.
0: Yeah. So it's a really great song. Um, Please check it out. So it's Eugene
1: by... Arlo Parks, Maddie, what is your Under a Rock? So my Under a Rock is a little bit interesting um, this week. So it is called Far Away by Infinity Song. So Infinity Song is this group, um, five siblings um, from Detroit in the US. And I read their bio, obviously, because I had no idea who they were. Um, and they are the sons and daughters of um, the Boyds who founded the Boys and Girls Choir of Detroit, I think. And so this family, they were, like, homeschooled and, you know, they, you know, performed since they were really, really little. And you can 100% tell in this song that they've just grown up singing together. Because yes. Because, like, the whole thing that, like, the main thing that I love about this song is how cohesive everything is. Everything, like, all of their voices blend beautifully all of the different elements just work together so well. And it's like, you know that they've got this, like, relationship with music that is so much more than just having learned an instrument. Yes. It's something that they've grown up with and it's, like, so integral to who they are. And so the song itself is really, really interesting because it's kind of, like, got this island vibe Mm. in the way that like the instruments are played the way that the rhythms sort of sit and how everything kind of feels yes and you'll understand what i mean by how everything feels when you listen to it and you kind of like sway with it and do all that jazz Mm -hmm. um but the instrumentation does not correlate to that at all like there's no like bongo drums or no. like weird sort of like trinkets you know so yeah, yeah different like things that you'd normally associate with that type of music um but it's very soft and very paired back and there's like these gorgeous string parts and there's like one section i think like after the second verse or the second chorus where there's this like build up of the strings mm. and then it kind of like fades away Because the strings kind of play a really important role of, like, um, I think they sort of determine what the the vibe of that section sort of feels like. Like, sometimes it's really, really long and flowy, like in that build-up section, and other times it's sort of, like, short and really, like, purposeful. Yes. And it's really, really, really beautiful. And just their voices are incredible, and I love the whole thing. It's amazing.
0: It's such an interesting song. Like, I, when I was listening to it, you know, sort of jumping off of Maddie's point with the island vibe, it gave me, like, a little bit of a Disney vibe, but in a good way. Like, it kind of felt... It wasn't, like, cheesy. No, no, definitely not at all. And what I sort of really loved were those strings, but I really loved the short, like, subtle... But, like you said, purposeful. Like, it almost... Like, you could almost, like, blink and you'll miss it sort of type thing, but mm. they're so interesting when you hear them in that section. And it's just, like... What an interesting choice to use strings there. Yeah. Like you could have easily replaced that with like a guitar or something a lot more, I guess, accessible. But the fact that they use
1: strings, I think is so cool. Yeah. I love it. And the harmony, just the harmonies, the harmonies and the way that their voices blend. I just like, I as a choir person, like through and through, just anytime I hear like a beautiful vocal harmonies, like I have to point it out because yes. it's so, it is so hard because you can be the best of singers. But having your two unique voices blend together well Mm. is very hard. And that's, like, a really big part of choirs and making choirs sound good is, like, voice placing. Yeah. so, like, it's who you're standing beside and who, like, your, like, voices resonate and like work well with like you could have a choir and like five people could be standing in different spots and the whole song could sound completely different and to have five unique voices mm-hmm. all sound like that to- oh, it's just like amazing just sets me off. i absolutely love it so please 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 listen to this song it is far away by infinity song um and that is my under a rock so we're going to caught my ear now and i'll kick us off with mine and it is called glue by this artist called Jafaris, who I have since found out by doing a little googling, is an Irish hip hop artist. Yes, which is interesting Very in cool. itself. So he's Zimbabwean born and mm-hmm. then moved to Ireland when he was like six or seven or something. Um, and this song is so cool. So, so there are cool. so many awesome elements to this thing. First of all, the like the rapping style, like the sing songy mm. sort of style, is so cool. I love it. It's really, really reminiscent of someone I've talked about quite a few times on the podcast in this section called Phil J. Yeah, um, who's a US artist, and he sort of has a like very similar way of like putting all of these different like. It's really hard to describe. It's very sing songy, very bouncy. Um, but also really sort of like chill and it's got that sort of like hip hop like air to it I guess Mm. Um, and this song the gist of the story basically is like these two people who um, they were sort of like each other's first loves and they're always going to have this bond to each other even though like they may not be together now or like in the future or whatever it's like this whole thing like you know I'm always going to be glued to you um, because of that connection that they had, um, and it's really really cool. I really like that um, that story, yeah, and that definitely. sort of um, like story that it follows, and it's really really interesting. I love it. The backing like instrumentation is super bouncy and fun, and I just really really like it. There's like all of these really cool harmony parts that like come in and out randomly, and it's just it really sets it mm. up for. Like success, I think. It's really, really cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think for me, what I found so interesting with this one is the production and the way that he raps and sings. It almost feels like it shouldn't go together because, you know, when you listen to like a lot of sort of typical rap songs right now, there's this really sort of easy trap beat that the rapper sort of goes along with and it sort of fits really well. But With this song, the production is so different and it's, like, the the rhythm is so interesting and the way that he sort of raps is so bouncy and it almost, like, goes against what the production sort of allows him to do, but it works really, really well. Like, it just showcases his skill, I think, as a rapper and obviously you know the production has its own sort of standouts with the different samples and everything but that's something that I thought was really really cool
1: yeah it's kind of this sort of like bouncy soul yeah vibe which is really awesome it's mm. something that I'm like really obsessed with at the moment it's really really cool um but yeah please check it out it's called glue by Jafaris Vivian what is your caught my ear this week so,
0: my caught in my ear this week is an artist I have spoken a lot about this year. Oh, yeah. So, it is Super Dead Friends by Youngblood. So, um, as you guys know, I love Youngblood. He actually just released his debut album the oh other God, day. yay. Weird, which is so exciting for him because, you know, he's been around for quite some time now and really making traction this year especially. And it's great to see that he's released this album with so much success, you know. So this is coming from the album, and I definitely recommend listening to that album. It's it's really, really great. I think it's a very cohesive album. But this song is definitely the most, I would say, hype song on the album. It's definitely the loudest in terms of what's happening, the way that Youngblood is singing slash yelling slash whatever. <laughs> like, he's... He's just going for it on this yeah. track, which I think is really cool. It kind of gives me, like, Beastie Boys vibes, if you guys have ever listened to them. Um, just the way that he sort of is yelling, but is, like, sort of rapping a little bit, which is kind of cool. But in true Youngblood style, like, the production is wacky. Like, yeah. it's so weird. Like, it. it's like, it's almost like a mixture between, like... Hype like two thousands pop slash nineties beats. It's like this really really weird amalgamation, but it works really well. And I think like that sort of is showcased a lot on this song because the rest of the album is sort of more. It's that you know there's a lot of hype stuff, but it's definitely more toned down. And I think he's sort of really projecting on this song. And I just think that the way that the different samples work and his energy, you just really feel his energy in this song. And that's instantly, like, it's
1: so infectious when you hear it. It's, it's such a hype song. I love it. Yeah, 100%. It's so, it's so up there. So hype. Very, mm. very high energy. Absolutely love it. There is one part that I think I've ruined <laughs> for Vivian, though, talking about samples and wacky production. <laughs> in the intro, there's this, <laughs> there's this sample and as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, that sounds like a zipper. <laughs> Literally, and though. <laughs> honestly is. It sounds like a zipper going up and down. And, like, you just, like, back and forth when you, like, play with a zipper. And so I think I've ruined that part of the song. Yeah, because that's, being. that's all I will hear now. I didn't even <laughs> listen to the first verse of the song because we were both pissing ourselves laughing so hard about the fact that I was just like, oh, this sounds like a zipper. What do you reckon? Because it's literally within, like, the first few seconds. It's, like, the first sound that you hear. comes out.
0: And then that just goes, that's a zipper. Isn't it? <laughs> like
1: I yep. wonder if they actually Could you imagine if they actually used a zipper to make that? And I they've, mean, like
0: put some effects on it. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I feel like it's young blood, you know? Like he
1: I do feel like the he, you want. exactly. I I really do <laughs> feel like there's a possibility there. Oh, I love it. But yeah, no. in all seriousness, it is like a really really cool song. It's probably not one of his that I would listen to a lot cuz they're like is a very, very wide genre. Yes. <laughs> like, spectrum of genres, I should say, that Youngblood kind of covers. Mm. And um, this one is very much not my style, but I definitely appreciate the the artistry of, like, him in every sense of the word. Because it's just, like, incredible what he comes out with. And I'm so... I'm so glad to see that he's finally released this debut album project and um, mm. hopefully it brings him a lot of success because he deserves it. 100%. For sure.
0: He's he's someone I feel like that the music industry really needs. I saw – this is a little bit of like a tangent, but a few weeks ago he performed at the MTV e- EMAs, uh, which is the European Music Awards, and um, Dave Grohl introduced him from Foo Fighters and he was like – this guy is the reason why rock and roll isn't dead. And I think that's such an awesome introduction. And obviously, like, what a compliment. But I also think, like, that is so true in the sense of everything there because like you know he's not this typical rock artist but he's such an interesting artist and oh, it's
1: so nice Especially i know from dave Grohl, like, right joking yeah like oh, that's so, so cool. sick
0: but yeah um please check out this song and the rest of his album it's super dead friends by young blood and that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you got this far, you can check us
1: out on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, CastBox, wherever you get your podcast fix. You can follow us on all of our social media as well on at Caught My Ear Pod on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And that is where you can send us your recommendations and you can have a chat to us about what we um our songs that we picked this week if you like them if you hate them let us know we'd love to hear what you guys are listening to as well um but yeah you can join us on monday for a brand new episode see you guys bye